Let us pray for illumination. O oh God, we would make room for you in this season of all seasons, room in our minds and hearts, room in our lives. Let your word be born in us anew so that by the power of your Holy Spirit, the light of Christ will shine in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first reading today is from Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy before thee. They jo joy before thee according to the joy in harvest. And as men rejoice when they divide the spoil, for thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is con with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, and upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Thanks be to God. In my very first preaching class, the teacher told us to choose a, choose a favorite Bible story. Write it down, then look it up in the Bible. And take notes about what you have added and what you left out. Then we were to tell our class that story from the perspective, the point of view, of one of the characters in that story. Well, I'm not going to ask you to do that today with the Christmas story, but we can all learn from that assignment as we consider this scripture reading from the second chapter of Luke's Gospel, the Christmas story. We are just so familiar with this story. Most of us are pretty much sure we know it. In fact, we might even know it by heart. From years of Christmas songs and movies and plays and even Christmas cards and decorations, all those things have added to or sometimes left off details in the story. For example, the, uh, the minister who used to be at First Presbyterian who preached here on occasion, Dr. Al Edwards, some of you used to see him on TV rolling the R's with his Scottish accent. He used to point out that despite all the depictions in artworks, on Christmas cards and decorations, that all of the angels who were named in the Bible are male. There's Gabriel and Michael and, well, you can Google the rest. To which his sweet wife Margaret said, Albert doesn't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
on a different subject. Our family, the Rolands, we love detective stories in books and movies and on TV and on Netflix. Good detectives, you know. Good detectives notice the details. They really see what's there. But great detectives, great detectives notice what's not there. They have a gift. They have that sense of, what's missing in this picture? Like some of you today came in and said, what's wrong about this? We're missing the poinsettias today. <laughs> well, today, I challenge you to be a Bible detective. As we read the Bible's Christmas story, there's some things I, I'll warn you ahead of time you will not notice. Some things we've grown to expect. Now, despite all the plays we've seen over the years, there's no grumpy innkeeper saying, no room, no vacancy, should have made a reservation. You can do it online these days. Don't you know it's the Christmas season? <laughs> there's no grumpy innkeeper. There's no mention of farm animals in Bethlehem. Yeah, yes, yes, there's a feed box, a manger, but no animals are mentioned. There are no, despite that hymn, there are no cattle lowing, the baby awakes. And there's nothing about the angels having wings. We always see, they always portray as having wings. How else could they fly, right? Doesn't tell us that. There are a whole lot of details that are not actually in the Bible, details that we've imagined and added over the years. But if you've read and recalled this sermon's title, what you will notice is everybody moves. Listen now for the word of God from the second chapter of Luke in the King James Version. It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone, into his own city. And Joseph also went up to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to, unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad this saying which was told to them concerning the child. And all that, they, they, that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, may my words and may all our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Everybody moves. Well, think about it. Caesar Augustus, the mighty emperor of Rome, has ordered everyone to register for taxation. It takes a lot of money to arm, feed, and pay those, the most powerful army in the world at that time, you know. So Joseph walks in, pregnant Mary rides on a donkey for the 80-mile trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. What? <clears throat> now wait a minute. Anybody, anybody who's ever been pregnant and all of us who've ever been married to a pregnant person, <laughs> we know that in the last stages of pregnancy, doctors do not advise a lot of travel, especially 80 miles on a donkey. I know when my wife was pregnant, she wouldn't have ridden from here to Bojangles or even McDonald's on a donkey or out of the parking lot. But Caesar issued orders, and when Caesar says do something, you move, you do it. So Mary and Joseph were on the move. Okay, then first, one angel with a great news announcement, and then the heavenly host come from above. Angels. When our, when our Sarah was about three, we were headed to school to pick up her big brother, and she asked me, why do you sometimes call me angel? So I explained, angels are the folks who, angels are the folks who work for God. We don't know all the details, but it seems that one of their job duties is to remind us how great God is and how grand are God's works. Nowadays, angels are frequently on TV and movies. They're portrayed as saintly folks who can, they can pull some pretty nifty tricks and, and they have some influence in high places. They're not portrayed as God-like. They're portrayed as God-light. 
They're shown as loving and supportive and, and never very judgmental, kind of like your favorite uncle or aunt or grandma <laughs> or the kindly assistant to the brusque boss. In Luke's Christmas story, the angels sing, Glory to God in the highest. Now the closest most of us come to hearing such majestic singing may be listening to Handel's oratorio, Messiah. But then, God does give us those little angels along the way to remind us that not just in that magical glow of December, but also in those dreary days of February, it's coming, or the suffocating heat and humidity of August. Not just in that time of generous impulses at Christmas, but also in the harsh times when folks around us seem stingy, even with things that cost nothing. Not just when we are embraced by the love of friends and family, but also when we feel deserted by them. Not just in times of great joy, but also in the bottomless pit of depression. Throughout our life, God sends us angels to remind us that God knows us, God loves us, and God will provide for us. And that even in the darkest night, we live in the sure and certain hope that a joyous morning is coming. Sometimes, sometimes God has little children lead us to that realization and to the song, Glory to God in the Highest. So Mary and Joseph and the angels are on the move. How about them shepherds? Shepherds, you think about it. Shepherds usually stay with the flock. That's their job, right? They stay with their flock. But on this Christmas night, this first Christmas night, they went into town. They went with haste, we read, and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. So the shepherds were on the move too. And they were moved. They were moved so much that they made known what everything that they had seen and heard. And that story moved to the people who heard it. We read, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. <coughs> so where are we now? The parents, the angels, and the shepherds were on the move. And the people were moved to amazement by the news. How about you and me? How do you and I, how do we, how do we respond to this Christmas story? To the beginning of the greatest story ever told. Well, Luke gives us two models to emulate, to follow. First, there's Mary, the young woman favored by God with a unique parenting challenge. You thought you worried about how to raise your children. Don't you know Mary did and Joseph did? You know, should we give an allowance? Or <laughs> should we use time out? And Luke said what she did is she treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. You know, there's a really popular song, Mary, Did You Know? Well, of course she didn't. How could she? How could anybody know? But she treasured and she pondered. What she knew is that her life and Joseph's life had changed dramatically that night in Bethlehem. 
The other model for us in Luke's story is those shepherds. First Luke said they, they made known what had been told them. When you have seen and heard something that is so new, something not just remarkable but astounding, you have to talk about it. So they told everybody, whoever would listen. Well, if God has done something amazing and astounding things in your life, you kind of need to talk about it too, don't you? Have to share it. Secondly, Luke says that the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, all that had been told. We have a word, that business of glorifying and praising God. We call it worship, and that's why we're all here today, to glorify and praise God, to be thankful. Well, you know, to all good and loving parents, every baby that's born is precious, special, truly the embodiment of hope for the future, hopes and dreams. Someone shared with me this morning, she just found out someone special is about going to be born in a few months. And what a wonderful blessing that is. When you think about it, I looked it up. In Johnston County, Every day, on the average day, six babies are born. In Wake County, 35 babies are born. In North Carolina, 331. A day. In the United States, 10,900. That's a lot of babies. Well, Babies are born every day, but this baby named Jesus was different from every baby ever born. He was and is God incarnate, the Son of God, the hope of the world, the person Luke calls a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, who came then in history, who comes now in mystery, and who will come again in majesty. This is not some sleepy bedtime story. This is not a story that you can just hear and, okay, have no response. This is a story that coaxes us out of our quiet, complacent comfort zones. This is the story. This is the story that changes everything. This is a story that ha comes with a command. Everybody move. Thanks be to God. Do not be afraid. The light still shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot, cannot overcome it. Bear the light of Christ into the world with hope and with great joy. Now may the love of God enfold us. May the joy of Christ encompass us. May the Holy Spirit encourage us as we wait in hope for Christ to come again.